Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Maine Golf Talk. We are joined by the 2018 Maine Women's Amateur Champion, Bailey Ployd, Bailey Ployd, and she is also a senior at Center College in Kentucky. Bailey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on. So tell us where you are right now. What's, uh, what's going on? Well, I'm currently in Danville, Kentucky at Center. Um, as Henry said, I'm a senior, so just kind of hanging out. COVID restrictions are full force, but trying to play as much golf as I can, get outside. It's raining today, so that's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, just trying to enjoy my senior year as much as I can. Now, what, what division are you guys? We're division three. Okay. And are you guys having any competitive season? Because I, you know, I'm seeing some of these D1 schools, they're playing like the East Lake Cup uh, last week that I saw. So um, any competitions for you in the fall? No, just a little practicing this fall. And then hopefully in the spring, we're able to get back out there for tournaments. Yeah, sounds pretty similar to what we're doing with um, – you know, with everything going on, I think that trying to limit travel, it seems like that's kind of the conservative plan here that we've gone through. So, um, so talk to us about how that's been and, and what you're doing to better your game during this sort of downtime. Yeah, I mean, we can still go practice in our indoor facility and then we have full access to a country club just about five minutes from campus. So just trying to go out there on my days off. Um, or when I don't have class or something and I have an internship. So that's been kind of tough, but just going out and practicing, playing a few holes here and there, just trying to stay in shape. Obviously not being in Maine is kind of helpful because it's getting cold and snowy. <laughs> I think in Kentucky kind of helps just because it's warmer weather. So you, you had to leave that comment off with, you know, I wish I wasn't in Maine right now. Well, yeah, Zach and I are, and our season's <laughs> wrapping up quickly here. Yes, I think, I think it's about to snow, actually. Yeah, that's what I heard. Glad I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so coming from a small town in Maine, how did you end up in Kentucky, and what, what brought you to center? Pretty much golf. I was recruited my freshman year in high school by center. Um, and I remember when I was coming down to visit my first time, I was like, why am I going to Danville, Kentucky? Like, where is that? Like, it's got to be such a small town. But obviously, I'm from a small town. Um, so, I mean, I just kind of fell in love with the campus. Um, it's a great campus community. Everyone cares about everyone. Um, so, it just felt like home. And the golf program is fantastic. We had a little drop down my sophomore year. Um, but we got some great recruits my junior year. Um, and we had potential to go to nationals last year, but unfortunately, obviously, COVID shut that down. Um, but we're really hoping to get out in the spring um, and be able to play in some tournaments. Yeah, it would be nice to see that happen. And, you know, for all the seniors out there that are looking for, you know, even just one more competitive round, I mean, 
there's, there's nothing like that, that college experience. So. Yeah. It's crazy just to think that my last tournament last March or whatever it was could be my last, which is really sad, but hoping that's not, not the case. <laughs> yeah. So talk to us a little bit about your, your upbringing in Newcastle. Um, you know, you, you mentioned to me that you grew up playing at Booth Bay actually. Yeah. So I started when I was five with my grandparents started out at Booth Bay country club. Um, and then I started taking lessons there. Um, and then we ended up going to Samoset in Rockland, um, worked with Gary soul a lot. Um, and a little bit, a little bit with Jeff. Um, I mean, I grew up playing mid coast junior golf, um, and I got to play with Cole and everyone knows Cole Dalton, um, all those kind of kids. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then I started playing in the main state golf, um, junior stuff, which was a lot of fun. Finally got to play with some girls, <laughs> um, which was also a great experience and it just kind of took off from there, I guess. So, uh, where, uh, when did you really kind of decide that, Hey, I want to play golf and I want to play it, you know, at a competitive level. Uh, did you play other sports growing up or was golf kind of just the main focus? Yeah, I played basketball and softball growing up a little bit. Um, and honestly, I've never been the one to really want to go to a course and stay there all day. I've never been, I don't know, I, people take that to surprise, but I don't know, I've just never been one of those people that want to spend my whole day there. Um, so I enjoyed doing different things and not having a lot of girls to play with, I think, was part of the reason I didn't want to play a lot of golf. Um, but I think going into high school, I think is kind of when it clicked for me that I wanted to really focus on golf. Um, and I ended up not playing softball in high school. Um, and just to focus on golf a little more in the spring instead of playing softball too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess probably sophomore year in high school was kind of the turning point where I was like, this is like, I'm getting good, better. <laughs> I couldn't actually probably play in college. So I think I focused a little more heading into sophomore year in high school. And then uh, kind of talk about your recruiting process a little bit. Um, I know we have a lot of juniors listen to us and uh, there's some that are kind of going through the process too. So tell us kind of how you kind of ended up at center and, you know, kind of what your whole thought process was there. Yeah, I mean, I got on a few um, recruiting websites. I knew that I didn't want to go D1. Um, D1 just wasn't really for me. And I know a lot of people push that if you want to be good and you want to be better, go D1. But I found, like, at center, I was able to play all four years. I was able to travel all four years, which was great. And I got better while I was here. Um, and I guess, I guess you just have to decide, like, are you going to college for golf or are you going to college and you're going to play golf in college? So I decided that I wanted an academic side too. Um, so academics here at center are fantastic and it's going to help me get where I want to be, but I could also play golf, which was huge. Um, so I think it's just finding the right balance for you and finding where you think you can call home. Um, and I was very lucky that I chose the right one for me. Um, so yeah, just knowing what you want from your college experience is super important. 
Yeah, that's great. And, you know, it, talk about, you know, some of the junior tournaments and, and obviously we'll, we'll get into the main amateur. Um, but how did that prepare you for that transition? Yeah, I mean, my first college tournament, I was so nervous. <laughs> um, and I think one thing I've grown the most um, in college is my mental game. Just like, I feel like I had the ability to play, but like, just being able to focus on one thing at a time, I think I've really grown. But I mean, growing up in Maine, obviously our season is very short. Um, but just playing those Maine State Junior tournaments um, in the women's tournaments, I think just like my competitive side, I think I was able to grow and like push myself to be better. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think my mental game has really grown being here at center. So I take it that helped you in um, claiming your first main amateur in 2018 then? Yes, for sure. Um, I mean, I guess my big thing is like, a lot of people, if you have one bad shot, it's going to mess you up for the next few holes or the whole round or whatever. But I think it's just super important to be like, it's over with, like move past it. And I think that definitely helped. And especially like not focusing on what your playing competitors are doing, like being able to shut them out as well and just focus on your game. So yeah, I mean, that definitely helped my win in 2018 for sure. That's great. That's, uh, you know, that's some wis wisdom that, our listeners can can take from this call is the fact that you know you're so focused on one shot at a time and how that's helped you um, you know become a better tournament golfer what what's uh what's your sort of pre-shot routine um let's see i guess obviously i shoot the pin grab my club um i guess just i take a practice swing and i kind of just take a deep breath i stand behind the ball um just kind of imagine what your shot's going to look like um, I mean, honestly, I don't take a lot of time. <laughs> I just like to grab it. I don't overthink it because if I overthink, it's I know it's not going to end well. <laughs> um, so I just try to take a deep breath, one swing at a time, I guess. And uh, do you have any like a waggle or trigger, anything like that? <laughs> yeah, um, actually, it was a pointed out to me probably last fall. I think my mom pointed it out to me. She's like, you always just bend your knees <laughs> yeah and now I I notice it so much more than I used to but I guess I look at the flag and then bend my knees and like I go I don't know <laughs> I don't know where I got it from but <laughs> must be all those ground forces right <laughs> right <laughs> um and what's what's your sort of shot shape do you like a draw fade high low usually a high fade is the go-to I fade Jack Nicholas. Love it. It used to be a draw. I don't really know where that went, but now I have to, I've gotten used to the fade. So. <laughs> oh, it's a great shot under pressure too. You can just kind of, you know, take left side out of play and, and see it drop to the right. So. Yep. Um, so talk to us a little bit about the, the main am though at Rockland. I mean, you told me that you, you grew up playing there a little bit, so you had a, sort of a good feeling with that club and um you know what what was that experience like how did it work out for you yeah I mean I shot I don't remember what my score was but I shot well the first day which I think just gave me good momentum going into the last two days but I had my boyfriend on the bag um who was also a golfer at center 
And I think he just, he helped me calm my nerves. Um, Cause obviously I was runner up to Emily Bouchard for several years in a row. Um, and Who's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm a very competitive person for those that know me. Um, so I think I really wanted that one. Um, so I think I put extra pressure on myself to do well. Um, but I think it was very helpful to have uh, my boyfriend there just calming me down, um, taking it one shot at a time. I mean, I know that golf course, like the back of my hand. So, um, which I think adds pressure at times just cause you know what you can shoot there, um, which can sometimes bite you in the butt. Um, but I was lucky enough to be able to play well, put three good rounds together and come out with a win. That's awesome. And, uh, I, do you know Keenan Flanagan up there a little bit? Did he come out and congratulate you? Yes, he did. Got nice. a big one from Keenan. And then I had Gary Soul was there. Um, he was crying and I was crying. It was a disaster. No, it was a lot of fun though. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, it's such a, it's such a cool little club up there, you know, Keenan says it to me all the time. He's like, this course, you know, they, ha- they have the chapter, the PGA chapter event there every year, the, cha- the championship. And he's like, the scores are never as low as you think. You know, you go out there on the front nine, first hole's par five. You can kind of get there. And then there's like two reachable par fours in a row. And then like, you feel like you can get four or five under real quick. But then you get to like eight, nine, ten. Now you got this tough stretch of long par threes and, you know, honestly, like even pars a, a decent score around that track. Yeah. I mean, I think I was maybe like one or two over or something coming in and I was like, there's no way that's going to put me like in, near the top. And it, and it did. And I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, it plays yeah. hard when you really think it does. You think you can go low, but even is even as good. <laughs> yeah. And- how many courses have you ever played that you have three straight par threes? And I mean, that stretch between eight and 11, like you're like, okay, I just got to hold on, make a couple pars, make sure it's nothing worse than bogey. And let's just keep moving forward. Yep. That's a big mental stretch right there. (laughs) That's always what gets me that those, those four holes. Uh, So, you know, you've had a couple close calls in the main amateur you know, you, even last year, you know, you had, you finished what, tied six in the uh, NCAA championships, you know, leader after the first round. What's it, what's it like constantly being under pressure in these big events? And uh, how is, how have you been able to adapt to that? I mean, I love it. Um, like I said, I'm a very competitive person. So I think it just naturally it comes not easy to me, but just it's fun. And I try to think of it like that. Um, Sometimes I do put too much pressure on myself, which I think then does not help me at all. Um, So I think I've just very much learned to just take every hole at a time. Like don't, don't think about the end result. Don't think about what other people are doing, just focusing on what I'm doing and what my game looks like that day and just kind of rolling with the punches, I guess. Um, I mean, I have been in very high pressure situations and I think it's just naturally it comes fun to me and I, I enjoy the pressure, I guess. And, you know, let's, let's talk about this, uh, you know, an unfortunate uh, situation for you, but let's talk about that, uh, that chip uh, this past, uh, this past summer, you know, 
you know, everybody's talking about Ruby's stuff, but I mean, you had a chance right there. You're tied for the lead. You had the playoff and then she chips in on you. Uh, I mean, as a competitor, you kind of got to assume that she's going to make it, but you know, it's still kind of tough and difficult. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I felt like my drive obviously was not good on that hole, but I'm still, I was telling myself like, you still have a chance. Like, I just came back in three holes, back four shots, so, like, anything can happen. Um, and, I mean, it went in, and there's two sides of it, I guess. I was obviously super happy for Ruby. Um, I mean, the last few years I've played a lot with Ruby, and I guess she kind of looks up to me is what her mom tells me, which is amazing, always brings tears to my eyes. But at the same time, as a competitor, I was like, damn, like, that sucks, and your just heart just drops. Um, and then I had this long putt in front of me, and you hope for the best. But, no, I was really happy for Ruby. She played fantastic all three days. Um, no, she definitely was deserving of it. But it's always tough as a competitor, for sure. So let's talk about that, though. You know, you were a couple shots back going, you know, into, what, 14 there? And, you know, you just kept grinding it out and coming back. I mean – that's that's the sign of a competitor right there is you know just not giving up and just kind of willing yourself to to catch up and I mean that's a quite a comeback just to get back into a playoff. Yeah, I mean walking to what was it sixteen uh, t down four. I was like, okay, I have three holes left. I'm like, a lot of people would just give up, but I told myself, I said, it's not over till it's over, and I grinded it out um, and I'll. Obviously, it didn't work in my favor, but I still got to the playoff. I played the best that I could. So, I mean, it was definitely a rewarding experience. Um, and I think it just shows that golf is just one of those sports where you don't give up until it's over because you never know what's going to happen. And I knew on 18 I could get a birdie at least, um, if not better. So I just had to put a good drive down there, which I did. Made birdie, and it happened. <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's really never over, is it? I mean, <laughs> anything can happen. And, uh, you know, just like her chipping, I mean, you know, Zach says you got to expect that. I don't know if you really expect that to happen. I mean, that was just a, that was just a great shot and, and timely, of course. But, you know, I, we were out in, uh, so Dana and I were out in Ohio uh, beginning in the LPGA season when it started back up. And, I think Danielle Kang on the, the last round, she was like five down with five to play and Lydia Coe's leading. So you're like, oh, I mean, come on, game over. Right. And her caddy looks at Danielle and says, it's not over. And she's like, are you crazy? I'm five down with like five to go. Like you're nuts. And he's like, it's not over. Just plug away. And, you know, unfortunately Lydia Coe kind of had a, a little bit of a mishap on the last hole, but Danielle ended up winning. And it's just that, that's the craziness of this sport. And I, I think you can probably attest to the fact that that's kind of why we love the sport too. For sure. It's, you always have a chance until the last hole. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. So I, I, I think that speaks to your, uh, your fight and determination to kind of make that come back. And, um, you know, it's awesome that, you know, you also have an, an amateur championship in your background as well too. So, um, so Bailey, we, we like to wrap up these calls with a, a little section we call the wicked fire round. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you haven't been like preparing too hard or anything. <laughs> no, not too 
too hard. I have thought about what group I want, so that I cheated a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll kick it right off. How about your your favorite five courses in Maine? Oh no. Okay. Um, I'd have to go with the Samoset just because I don't know. I played there for a very long time, so we'll say Samoset. I love Sugarloaf. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Rockland just because it's very special to me, obviously. Um, then I'm gonna go with Bitterford Saka, which was one of my first amateurs that I've ever played. And this is in no particular order. <laughs> um, and then I'll go with Sunday River, I think. Very nice. How about uh, the best shot you've ever hit? Oh, gosh. <laughs> have you had a hole one? No, I have not, unfortunately. I've looked out. I looked out at 17 at Booth Bay. The worst. Um, the best shot I've ever hit. I think it would have to be at Belgrade Lakes. I don't remember what hole it was, but it was my first eagle, and it was a par five. And uh, I think I was like two something out and little me took my little three wood, um, put it to like three feet and made the eagle putt. And I was just so excited. I think I was like 12 or something. I don't know. That, that has always stuck with me. <laughs> was that one of the, the MSGA junior events? I think so. Yeah. yeah. That was actually my first ever one was up there at Belgrade. Yep. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that, actually. That was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about your golfing idol growing up, if you had one? I think I'd have to go with Helen Plort. She, obviously, that's not a, a big name outside of Maine, but I think she was one that she got me into competitive golf, and I don't know, I've always looked up to her. Awesome. Did, uh, and did Emily Bouchard, I mean, playing alongside of her and seeing what she was able to accomplish, did that kind of give you a little more inspiration? Yes, she was for sure very second close to Helen. Um, I remember I told my dad when I was younger, I was like, I'll never be able to be as good as Emily. And my dad's like, don't think like that. And I guess I did. <laughs> but yeah, no, I loved playing with Emily. And how about your favorite a college event that you've played in over your uh, your four years? And not because of the food. Come on, there's more to these events than just the food. Really? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to be Jekyll Island. Jekyll Island is, I think, my favorite. Just the course is fantastic. The scenery is obviously wonderful. But if you can go to Jekyll Island, Georgia, I highly recommend it. All right, and you know, since you mentioned it, we'll throw it out there. What uh, what's your dream foursome? Okay, um, gotta go with Lexi Thompson, Justin Thomas, and Tiger Woods. Nice. Le Lexi is really nice, by the way. Is she? She, she yeah, I, bombs it. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. She's not, she doesn't quite hit as far as Zach, but she's, she's getting there. I think she's working out like twice a day. So 
Yes, I love watching Lexi. She's a lot of fun. Yeah, we played a practice round with her at Aronimink, and she's she's super nice and just – her dad was out walking with her. I think her dad's kind of like a coach manager, dadager, I think we call it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, she's she's got some talent for sure. I'm jealous, very jealous. <laughs> Zach, you were going to say something there? Well, I mean, Lexi doesn't do the 12-ounce curls like I do, but – yeah. Yeah, Zach's in the pro shop, like, lifting staplers and pens and things like that. So, I love it. Lexi's <laughs> a little behind. <laughs> uh, so, Bailey, we, we appreciate you coming on. And, um, you know, it's great to have me and amateur champions, obviously, but also, uh, you know, bring some new guests on. And, um, yeah, we appreciate your, your time. And where, where can our guests find you if they want to, you know, follow your – your play and, and hopefully you have a season of spring. Where can they follow you? Yeah, I mean, um, I have an Instagram. I don't know my handle, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then my parents are always updating Facebook. So if you're friends with me on Facebook, you can definitely see what my parents write on there. Um, and all of our tournaments are on Golfstat. So if you ever want to follow along, all on Golfstat. Awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure to tag the the right handles when we, we post uh, about the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank about, you guys. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Before I cut, before we, uh, how about one other maybe piece of advice you can offer for um, maybe some of the junior golfers out there, whether it's like, you know, finding the right coach or, you know, putting in hard work, what might that be? Yeah, I mean, I think I would just go with follow what your heart says to do. Um, there were several times where I didn't know if golf was for me. Um, and I think you just got to figure that out for yourself. Um, I mean, golf is such an amazing sport, but it's not for everyone. So I just say, follow your heart um, and do what you believe. Put as much time as you want. Put as least time as you want. Um, I don't know. I found that taking breaks was sometimes good for me. So just like listen to your body, listen to what you need. and do what you got to do. That's awesome. Well, thanks again, Bailey. Um, we appreciate you coming on and, um, this has been another episode of Maine golf talk. If, uh, you're looking to find more information about our podcast, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Maine golf talk. And if you're on iTunes, we appreciate any, uh, feedback you can offer. Thanks again.